Hey guys, welcome back to Love on the Line. We are so excited to be back in your ears for another episode. It's Tam. And it's Fizz. We can't believe we're at episode 11. Um, we're so excited to be back with you guys this week. Tam and I were going to the movies once and Tam is absolutely ripping like apart the idea of hand-holding in public in a relationship. She's like, it is disgusting. Hold hands at home. Like, gross. Why are you shoving that in my face? Meanwhile, there's a couple in front of us that I don't know how she didn't see it. They're holding hands, like this married couple. And I'm like, oh, no, I think it's cute. I think it's okay because this couple's getting slammed by Tamara. And um, the woman just ends up letting go of her husband's hand because Tam's been slamming them. Physical touch is my love language. But in private time and place, like, absolutely not for me. I just remember being so frustrated at you being like, why are you not agreeing with me right now? I'm so right. But classic Tam, I'm just so oblivious to everything that isn't me. (laughs) Absolute attention haul. But I like holding hands, but I'm okay. This is my own issue. I have sweaty palms. (laughs) So if my future husband's listening to this, I've got sweaty palms. All right. (laughs) So that's why I don't like holding hands. So it's actually just a you issue. We were at the gym today and she kept being like, oh, my hands are so sweaty. And I was like, really? Like at the gym, like my back's sweaty, like my face is sweaty, but my hands. To be fair, I'm out here doing an assisted dip and chin up. If my hand slips off the bar, my face is going to absolutely schwack on the metal. So I can't have sweaty hands. No, agreed. Um, I just find that so funny. That's the reason you hate holding hands is because you're insecure about your sweat palms. <laughs> okay, well, I wasn't insecure. I was just hyper aware and now I'm insecure. Thanks, baby. <laughs> anyway, I was driving on the way home from uni today and I stopped by Woolies to get a little cheesy mart scroll. Look at mine. I've been watching Kath and Kim as well, so I'm just extra Aussie. Um, but it dawned on me. I'm just sitting at the lights on Windsor Road. What the hell is in Vegemite? And like, also, why do we just eat this like poo looking spread and just take it at face value? Like, I understand peanut butter. It's butter. Peanuts are brown. Therefore, the butter is brown. Why is Vegemite black? I think, I think I actually know. I think, isn't Vegemite like yeast and salt? So I don't know if you know, but yeast and salt are white. <laughs> Vegemite is black. What are the ingredients? Okay, we're not going to look it up because Steve's. Um, But that's so... I haven't even thought about that. I was just sitting and I'm like, why am I just taking at face value that I'm eating a black spread? This could genuinely be someone's poo. And I'm just like, mmm, delicious, salty, bitter. Like, what? I also think about that with, like, Coke. Like, Coca-Cola. Like, what is it? Like, other... Like, Fanta is orange. Like, Sprite is lemon. Like, all these other flavors what is coke like where did it come from i was gonna make such an inappropriate joke but i'm not going to it's what we call coke at work oh (laughs) for all of our work besties you know what we're talking about but i love coke i'm trying to get on coke zero because yeah you have a coke zero i have a pepsi max but i just see those videos of it like rusting metal and i'm like "Mm, that can't be healthy but i love it it's a bit of me It's a bit of me. Um, I'm such a Pepsi Max gal. I've never liked full sugar Coke or Pepsi though. I don't know. I've always loved, like I used to drink diet all the time and now I'm on Coke, no sugar. Pepsi Max is the best though. It has the most flavor, I reckon. 
I'm a full sugar coke gal. Not anymore, not anymore, because we're healthy. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought it was weird that we just eat these weird coloured foods and are like, mm, yum. <laughs> we kind of just, it's quite postmodern, but we kind of just take that with everything. Like, I think I just trust everything that I can eat it all, I can drink it all just because everyone does. Absolutely not. I saw this thing on Facebook. So I'm lactose intolerant, but um, I eat chocolate all the time and all this dairy. But this thing on Facebook was like, trust my gut. That thing can't even handle milk. (laughs) I was like, I resonated so hard. I understood that. That's so good. I feel like I'm because I'm not lactose intolerant. But I pretty much never eat dairy products. I feel like I'm taking it for granted. You really are. If I could eat dairy without pooping myself or just feeling ill, I'd be all up in that cheese. I still am, but I just can't have like a whole cheese wheel. Yeah, look, I'm not planning on eating a whole cheese wheel, but I was definitely a milkshake kid. Like, oh, chalky milkshake would absolutely slap. I remember this one time I got Taylor balls and I was driving home with my friend and we had to pull over because I actually nearly pooed myself in the car. And then I was like, I've got to hold it together. Like you get those like intense cramps. I don't know if you've ever had them, but all my lactose free friends, you get these intense, like whole body cramps. Like you're getting the sweats. You've got the headache. Like your mouth is like foaming. Like <laughs> It's so intense. And then I got home both ends absolutely spewing my guts out all over a donut. Have you ever pooed yourself? <clears throat> Not like a full turd, but like a little shart moment. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I can't believe I just said that on the podcast, but yeah. Are you being legit regularly? Not like once a week, but I'd say like mm, once every three months, like when you just need to go to the bathroom, but you're out and then you let out a fart and there was a bit more than a fart, but just still a fart. That has never happened to me. <laughs> That's a very regular. You know when I say, oh, I'm turtlenecking? That's <laughs> like, Phoebe's face is utter disgust. It's like when it's just like in and out. <laughs> that sounds so gross. It's not gross. Lots of people turtleneck. Ew. I've only pooped myself once, but to be. Okay, you actually pooped yourself, so you're a loser. <laughs> Okay, so I was like 15 and I had really bad gastro. (laughs) 15? That is so old. I had gastro. I was so sick and I was in bed. Must have been like midnight. And you know when you wake your parents up because you're sick. So my parents were already awake. They brought a bucket in. Actually, no, it wasn't a bucket. It was the bowl. Like, you know, the bowl that you have. And so that's next to my bed and I'm lying down and I'm like, oh no, I'm going to chuck and so I lean over I'm like laying like on my stomach on my bed but over the edge to vomit I start vomiting and then like liquid diarrhea at the same time so I'm in my bed in my pajamas like (laughs) vomiting and can I say shitting vomiting and shitting at the same time it was the lowest moment of my life I just, I can't imagine like actually pooing myself, like following through with the literal poo. And I can just imagine how much of a shock that would have been. You go to throw up and then your butt's like, oh, hey, I came to the party too. It was so sad. It was such a low. Do you remember that time you had to clean up a kid's diarrhea at work? Honestly, I don't get paid enough for that. We are at work. This poor kid was sick though, to be fair, but there's this beautiful mum who works at our work as well. Praise the lamb for her because she really pulled me through. 
Anyway, this kid literally shat himself and all these kids are like, Miss Tam, like something's not right. Something is stinky. And so I walk into the room. I'm like, absolutely not for me. Anyway, this kid, he doesn't really speak great English. And so it's really hard to communicate with him. But we ended up taking him to the bathroom. When I tell you that was all through down his pants on his ankles, I like... It was on it. I'm getting flashbacks of just the smell and the look like straight from heels. No, what's the word from hips waist down? Like it just seeped down to his ankle, to his ankles. And then it happened the next day again. And I was like, Lord, take me now. It happened two days in a row. And the second day. Yeah, it wasn't both. The second day was a wet day. So all the kids were inside. The playroom starts smelling like poo. And we're like, surely not. Surely not again. And then Tam and this other mum, literally just superheroes, clean. It was in his socks. Like the poor chicken was so sick. But oh, honestly, they earned so much respect that day (laughs) for cleaning up that kid. And I was still pretty new. Like I hadn't been there even for a year yet. And I was like, "Mm, it just had to be me. (laughs) But we love childcare. I feel like that's like a moment where I almost died. I feel like we have a lot of moments like that. I think our boss was saying to us once, like, we're just so young and we feel so indestructible. So we feel like we can do anything or go anywhere and we'll be perfectly safe and fine. But there's definitely been so many times I've gotten myself into stupid situations just because I've been dumb. Oh, they've been so humbling, like so, so humbling. So this first one, everyone will know this. Year nine, Duke of Ed camp. We are walking on a literal 90 degree angle. My backpack is on my ankles. Like it was the worst experience of my entire life. I just, I feel like the altitude was so high. Like we were going up such a big hill. It was probably nothing, but it would be like, what's a big hill? Mount Everest. That's a mountain, not a hill, but it was, it literally felt like walking up Mount Everest. I was <clears throat> huffing and puffing, wheezing. It ain't easy being wheezy on a hike. Like it was torture. I felt like I was going to die. I hated school camps like that until like year 11. Honestly, I was not a fit little kid and having to do all that hiking, all the row. I actually love the rowing, but all of, and not going for a shower. I literally felt disgusting. Like it was gross. I feel like it's similar when you're like at the gym (laughs) and you just think I could die. Like, I think my heart could fall out of my chest. It is that, it is that intense. Honestly, even the rowing, I liked it. But I'm going to name and shame because she listens to the podcast. Imogen Caban, we're in a canoe together. We're going upstream. So the water's flowing the opposite direction that we're canoeing. I was about to absolutely smack this girl in the head with my canoe. And then these other two girls, she got so fed up. She starts paddling the other way and was like, I'm effing going home. I'm not doing this anymore. And honestly, that's Duke of Ed summed up. You literally just get to breaking point. Like nothing. You've never looked worse. You've never felt worse or dirtier or unfit. And you just get to that point. You're like, I don't care what it is. I want to go home. I want to be in my bed. I want to have a shower. It's like you crave those like fundamental things. Honestly, me every day. But I started PT a couple of weeks ago. And honestly, I'm not, I'm not fit. <laughs> like, I'll just put it out there. I know you guys think I'm like so fit, whatever. I'm just kidding. But I started PT and it was the most intense workout of my whole life. And then I was like, oh, I smashed it. Like didn't have any tap outs. I'm driving home and I'm like, Bleh. and then mom was like, how was PT? And Bleh, huge chunder all over. It was, I felt great after, but then I thought I was going to die. 
Do you have any other moments? When I was in year nine, I was doing French. And so we went on um, a little French trip to New Caledonia, which was so, it's literally so beautiful. I love it. It was a good chance for us all to like practice what we've learned. And we spent like the last night or last afternoon um, swimming and jumping off this pontoon. It was so much fun. And then we're like, okay, guys, like, we want to go out for dinner. Like we'll start swimming back to shore. And we start swimming and then immediately I just hear the people in front of me going, oh, 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 like one by one. And I was like, what the heck is happening? Uh, suddenly, like my knees hit a bunch of coral and oysters that are like hidden under the sea. And literally our legs are bleeding, like cut up. I still have some scars from it on the back of my legs. Um, and then we're all like trying to crawl, swim over this coral for like 50 meters, trying to get back to shore. And we're all like wincing in pain and also blood and water hello shark hello brucey like we could have been gobbled up that is my first thought like bruce is really out here to gobble me swallow me because there'd be so much blood because when you get i've seen someone get cut with an oyster and the blood was like floating on top of the water like that's how much blood there was they're so painful um even on summer camp like where um our church used to go um or still goes I, there were so many oysters, like when you're swimming and jumping. And then, so I just get cut all the time and it doesn't like hurt, but it just bleeds a lot. Not the vibe. I had a similar near death experience. Like this is an actual near death experience. So, um, I went to the Solomon Islands and I like low key don't really know how to swim. I do now. I was a swim instructor. How embarrassing. I wouldn't be able to save my own life is the vibe. Like I can float, I can paddle my arms a little bit, but I'm not out here trying to be Libby Trickett. Is that the chick? Libby Trickett? Some swimmer, Ian Thorpe. Anyway, so I'm in the Solomons and the water is literally phenomenal. You can see like 50 meters in front of you. Blessing and a curse in my opinion, because if I see Bruce 50 meters away, I'm accepting my death. Anyway, I learn how to snorkel, how exciting. I put my head under, like I'm floating. And then they're like, oh, you know, not really having to worry about sharks in the Solomons, just sea snakes and crocodiles. I was like, sweet. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm just swimming, trotting along. And then I see this like black thing move. And I was like, "Eh, okay, what's this? Like, this is exciting. (laughs) And then I literally see this ginormous, thick black, like sea snake just swim under me. And I just froze. I was like, Lord, like this is literally my time because I'm not going to be able to out swim a sea snake. And if it gets me, I'm dead. And then I get out the water and it like swims past. And I was like, guys, like I think I nearly died. And they were like, yeah, like you definitely could have died. And I was like, what? Those things are so, so poisonous. And if I had tried to move, like I'm gone. That is so freaking scary. Honestly, I would have vomited. I literally would have been like, I'm gone. Like I'm dead. I don't know how I didn't splash or anything. Like I was so like still, I just floated and was like, oh my days. It was so the scariest. Like it happened in like three seconds though, but it felt like like three hours. Yuck. You would have just been like frozen in fear. You just remind me of um, my friend Piper from the UK. She similarly can't swim. <laughs> just Like she still does not know how to swim. Piper always brings up Bondi Rescue and sees I see no white people drowning out here. Um, but anyway, when we were younger, so funny. She was in the bath and tried to do a backwards roll and got her head stuck with her butt in the air. I'm scared to ask like how old she was. And she like sucked in so much water that she basically almost drowned in the bath and literally stuck in that position. 
but like why are we out here tumbling in the bath like i've never met piper but i feel like i know her and you're so dumb <laughs> i love it I think we were in like year four, so old enough to know better, but still young enough to be stupid. Such crackhead energy, honestly. I freaking love her. But um, I feel like there's a lot of water deaths. Like there's so much danger when it comes to it because what are we? We're not fish. We don't know what we're doing. But like we have a swimming pool and one summer we had like, I don't know why my mom got it, but it was this massive like inflatable slide. So it was so fun. So I'm there swimming, doing my little mermaids, with my goggles on, going under the water. And then my sister Zanny was like on top of the slide. And whilst I was under the water, it had floated on top of me. And so I go up to breathe and I literally can't exit the water. And so I have to use all my swimming lessons from my life to try and speed dolphin kick all the way to the other end of the pool. And I literally started like blacking out. Like I thought I was gone. <laughs> And Zanny and Tilly are just having the time of their life going up and down the slide. Being like, whatever, we don't care that Phoebe's not here. <laughs> Literally. And then I got up and I'm like huffing and puffing. Like I almost died. And they're like, oh, okay. And I was like, because there's nothing they could do. But they were just like, oh, all right. Like I could have died. That's so funny. We have a shared water experience. We weren't in the water. We were on a ferry and Truly one of the most traumatic things of my life. Phoebe, please enlighten them of what happened. You're not even ready. Okay. Tam and I have been friends for how long? Five months at this point? What you meant now? I was like, rude. We have a whole ass podcast at this point. Yes. And it was like kind of getting a bit colder. We were at work and she was like, let's hang out tonight. I was like, oh my gosh, do you want to go stargazing in Windsor? Phoebe's a wee lesbian, isn't she? No, because me and my friend had done it before and it was so fun. We got some Macca's hot chocolates. We took a picnic rug. We went and like looked at the stars and it was so fun. So let's go do it again. Anyway, I would like to also point out when she went stargazing with her friend, I thought it was on this beautiful paddock, like with tables and chairs. They literally sat on the side of Windsor Road. (laughs) Like it was not glamorous. She was not treating me to a five star date, but go on. It was like a little grass slope on the side of the hill, but you could see a lot of stars. We saw some shooting stars, me and my friend. Anyway, we're driving, we're listening to some music, having some good chats. And we're like, oh, let's just follow this road until we find a good spot. Because I thought maybe there would be a field come up. We're in Windsor. Like, who knows? Anyway, it's pitch black. Like, midwinter. We're driving. And then suddenly I'm going down a hill. Because I'm like, this road's got to end soon. And we're pulling on to a freaking car ferry. And Tam and I start freaking out. We're like, do we have to pay? If we have to pay, oh my goodness, where are we? I literally thought... Oi, maybe we're going to Tasmania. <laughs> like, how did we end up on a ferry? The only car ferries I know are the one to Tasmania. And I was like, honestly, yeah, the girls, we're going on a little trip. It was terrifying. We had no clue where we were going. I didn't know if I had to pay. They start rolling us onto the ferry because I can't turn around. It's one way. And I'm literally like not breathing and hyperventilating. Tam's like, it's okay. I'll shout us an Airbnb in Tassie. It'll be fine. And then Tamara, for who knows what reason, decides to knock on the window and wave at the ute full of pee flavors next to us. I'm just so friendly and like God's really blessed me with friendliness. I don't know why the hell I did that. I hate people. Like not that I hate people, but I don't wave to people in public anymore. Tam has learned her lesson after this because then once we dismount the ferry on the other side, where even were we? I couldn't tell you. Middle of nowhere with windy roads and mountains and hills. 
This pea planter ute starts to follow us at a million miles an hour. Tam and I are having simultaneous panic attacks. Tam has never had a panic attack apparently until this moment. We're both not being able to breathe. We're both sweating. We're both like crying. Just saying, Jesus, literally take the wheel. Like literally save us. We're screwed. I end up pulling into a driveway after like three kilometers because they just won't stop following us. And um, they eventually go past. They're beeping. They're like shouting at us. But... We were safe. We got home. Honestly, it was one of those moments where it was like, Jesus, take the wheel, not my life. Um, Because it felt like they were following us forever. And then my mind thinks of, okay, what if we pull in that driveway and it's their driveway? Like, we're so screwed. And then we drive back and I'm like looking out the passenger window like, Phoebe, there's another car. And then... We pull back on because we have to obviously go back over this body of water and then another car pulls up and I'm like, Phoebe, it's going to be them. If it's them, like, do we jump out of the car and swim or do you drive the car off? Like, what is our game plan here? It's very stressful. We literally were planning all of our possible exits. Like, okay, if we swim across, like we genuinely can make it, but there might be some eels in there. So what do we get? We were so serious. You were not about the swimming though. I was like, it's our only option. We've got to swim. I was like, I can't do it very well, but we've got to do it. Like that's all we can do. Literally. I was like, no, we're going to lock the car. We're going to stay in. And Tam's like, they're going to smash the window. They're going to break in and hurt us. And I was like, Tamara, it's bunch of 18 year old boys yes they're gross but i don't think they're brutal i just thought of another situation where we definitely could have died (laughs) i had this party and i left it to the last minute to get my outfit and it was jungle theme and i found this one this onesie that was a jungle theme i was like phoebe come with me like let's go not really knowing who it was we're out i'm not gonna name the suburb in the West of like the Westiest of the West that I've ever Wested in my life. Like, and keep in mind, I'm from Africa. Like I've seen the West, but I was so nervous. Anyway, we're driving and I'm like, Oh, we're not going to make it. Then we pull up to this shop. This store has a website. You'd think it's incredible. It's got an ABN. We're legal. Anyway, we rock up and I'm like, mm, Phoebe's like, where is it? <laughs> like, I'm not seeing it. Anyway, this little lady comes from a black curtain and goes, in here girls and we walk behind this black curtain no shop doors nada and we we didn't even think about it we didn't think about the fact that this little lady just invited us behind some black curtains we go into this absolute sweatshop of a store but anyway we literally could have died why are we so stupid like we're those stupid girls they're just like oh yeah i'll be fine i'll go into a random black curtain shop that i can't see anything and no one can see me Yeah, even though I think I'm indestructible at times, I have been 110% humbled to the core with some of these experiences. What are some times where you, like, like, obviously we've talked about all the funny ones where, like, yeah, kind of near-death experience. What are some times that, like, you genuinely been like, oh, holy crap, I could have died? So not physically died. Actually, I could have physically died on Parramatta Road. My sister lives in San Francisco with her family and my niece was born. I hadn't met her yet. We're in the summer holidays and my friends also wanted to go to Hawaii. So I was doing a two week trip with my sister, two week trip with my friends. Everything's planned. I literally have packed my bags. I'm at my lash appointment. Um, My lashes are getting done. And then when my lashes get done, I get a message from the US government saying my visa has been cancelled. And I was like, what the hell? Like, this is six hours before my flight. And then obviously haven't been able to go to the US in two years to see my nephew there. Haven't met my niece, haven't seen my sister. I've screwed all of my friends over who have saved up and planned this Hawaii trip. 
Anyway, I have like had very few panic attacks in my life. I literally had the biggest panic attack and biggest cry of my entire life on Parramatta Road. Like I couldn't see. I was crying so much. Had to like pull over. Like it was so intense. So I thought I was going to die in that moment just from like a broken heart. How dramatic. But no, even just like I think I'm so scared because we're going to America on Thursday that it's not going to happen because it was such like a big thing, but I think the nearly dying part was like, could have had a crash, but also like mentally I've never like been in a worse spot. Oh, a hundred percent. And especially when you're in a panic attack, like your body is physically reacting in so many different ways. And so it is, especially for someone who doesn't have them that often, like you definitely would have been like, Oh my gosh, am I actually dying? Like, cause it feels like you are sometimes. And especially if you're driving too. Yeah. Even I was telling Phoebe, I was really nervous. Um, to do something at church on Sunday. And I was like, yeah, like I'm not a nervous or an anxious person. And then like, I get little things where like my hands are sweating. I'm like, what is this? Like, this is the biggest thing in the world to me. So yeah, it's bizarre. And I always say like, oh, I sympathize with people who do go through that all the time. Like that's so much. What about you? Have you got anything life threatening near death experience? Yeah. When I was, oh, how old was I? I think I just turned 19. Um, So this was when like I used to lead youth at my old church and it was the last Friday night we all had off before the term went back. So all of us were like, let's go to our local club. Like, oh, it's like pub club vibes. Um, And we'll just like hang out, have some drinks, have a dance, whatever. Um, Anyway, we get there and I am walking up the stairs and this guy just goes, oh my gosh, Phoebe Nash. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's this guy who um, essentially when I was in high school in like year 12, I was hanging out with um, these random groups of people from like work, but also these other schools. And so I just kept getting invited to all these parties and whatever every weekend. And I eventually stopped hanging out with these people because they weren't the best. Um, and it was very like surface level friendships. Um, but he was from like these groups and so I'd seen him all these parties and I was like, oh my gosh, how are you? And he's like, come on, let me buy you a drink for old time's sake. Like, let's go hang out. I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, anyway. And so he takes me to a bar that's not like all of our friends are at the outside one. He takes me to the indoor one and I was like, oh, he, I don't know. I didn't think it because again, I'm 19, like nothing like this would even cross my mind. Um, but he um, is like, what drink do you want? And then I'm like, oh, surprise me. Like, just trying to be like fun. Anyway, he's like, I'm at the bar with him. He's like, no, I go sit down. Like, I'll bring it. I'm like, okay. Um, I'm sitting down. And then I, so I, I think I'd had like two drinks before I'd gotten there. And so this is my third drink. And I'm a normal, like I, three drinks wouldn't affect me at all. Like I'd be like a little bit tipsy, but like not drunk or crazy. Anyway, I start having this drink. And then the rest of my memories are like gone. So I have a few flashes. I have like one thing of um, one of my friends coming in and being like, Phoebe, like, let's take you outside, like into the outdoor bit. And I'm like, okay. And then I have another memory of me getting kicked out and one of my friends driving me home. But this was the day I'd moved into, like I'd moved out of home for the first time. And so my friend had like dropped me at my new house. Anyway, fast forward 3am, I wake up on my doorstep of this new house. No phone, no keys, no bag, anything. I was like, okay, I know my parents are coming to drop off a couch in the morning and they have a key. I'm just going to sleep on this doorstep. There's vomit all around me. I've never thrown up from alcohol before. Um, And I just wake up. Luckily, my parents go, they're like, Phoebes, what the hell? And they let me in. I go upstairs. I'm puking everywhere. I walk into my bedroom and see like my phone and stuff on my desk. And I'm like, that's so weird. Like... Um, my dad must've found them outside and brought them in. 
Anyway, I end up seeing the friend that dropped me home and he was like, no, like I walked you up to your room and you fell asleep in your bed. So I'd like unconsciously walked outside and locked the door and left everything inside. And then I ended up doing a drug test and realized I got spiked. Maybe like never ask anyone to surprise you again for a drink. That's so scary. It's literally terrifying. I'm never taking a drink ever again. And I never, I never have. Um, Cause it's just terrifying. And it's like, Yeah, as a girl, you hear about it and you hear about all those kind of stories, but you never think it's going to happen to you, especially from someone I like, I didn't fully, fully trust, but like I did trust him to not do anything to my drink. Um, But also such a God thing that everyone from church was there. Like there's literally like 40 friends I had there that night um, who were able to look after me. And luckily I did the test in the morning and it was um, showed drugs in my system. But yeah, insane. That is scary because, yeah, you never think it's going to be you. But I remember my friend Sarah and I were like, let's go for a little gals night at Fids. Um, we're sitting in the beer garden in those booths. And then um, these two army guys came up to us and I was like, hubba, hubba. Like I was in my element. They were beautiful, like six foot something men. They um, got us a drink and then they went to the bar on the side and got us a wine and I, so we didn't see them getting us the drinks. And so immediately in my mind, like that's my first thought. But it didn't even click for Sarah. And um, she had finished her first drink really fast. And they were like, we'll get you another one. So they went up. And I was like, Sarah, like, just like slow down on your drink. I was like, I've just been sipping because if something happens, like, it's going to happen much slower if I'm just sipping than if you've just chugged a whole glass of wine. And she was like, oh, my gosh, like, I didn't even realize that. Like, it didn't even cross my mind not to see the drink being poured. But it happened so common. There was a pub it locally where like they would just spike people all the time like left right and center so it's sick like I don't understand why people I do but I think it's just ridiculous and I think that's the thing we have to definitely like we definitely shouldn't have to be scared of it and have to think about it and have it cross our mind but it is like unfortunately happening too much where it has to because we don't want to be unsafe we don't want to be in danger we don't want to be taken advantage of and yeah again it's like we aren't doing anything, but we still have to be precautionary. And then even with you, imagine if you'd like wandered onto the street or like gotten hit by a car. Like you're so lucky that you were just on the doorstep. Oh, I know. I think I must have just gotten like scared because I didn't realize where I was. And I was the first one to move in. No one had moved in yet. Um, And so I think I just put a bit like, where the hell am I? But honestly, I'm so lucky that nothing else happened that night. The um, Mesha twins were in Europe and one of them posted a photo at a club. They put like cup covers over it. Like that's just their thing that they put covers over all the cups. And I thought that was so smart. I hate that we have to do that, but I thought it was really cool that they just do it anyway as part of their bar thing. It's like that nail polish as well that changes if there's another substance in your drink. Yeah. Or you could just do the opposite end of the spectrum and do what I did and blacked out myself. So <laughs> that could have been my near death as well. I was in Fiji on schoolies with the gals, um, ended up making really good friends with this beautiful Fijian bartender and got free drinks for like my whole trip. Um, but there's a large chunk of time that I just don't remember and woke up in strange places like a funny event happened that I will share off the podcast if you ever want to know because I am going to be a teacher one day um yeah nearly got kicked off the island vibes so (laughs) yeah just blacking out after alcohol is not the vibe I would not recommend it and also 
I only think about it recently. I was on a freaking island. Like, I could have drowned. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we shouldn't abuse alcohol. That's the lesson. I'm here with you if you've done it. <laughs> but would not recommend at all. It's so scary. Like, I think that's one thing I hate about alcohol. Like, because I um, talked to our friend about it and he was like, why are you so stressed about like giving up drinking or being a lot more cautious with your drinking? And I was like, because I literally like have no control over what I do when I drink. Like some people can, and that's amazing. But for me, like if I'm drunk, like I'm doing the most self-sabotaging behavior I've ever done. Like it's just so not good for me. It's so weird that it actually alters you like physically, mentally. It's insane. Honestly, like even, um, one of my friends is um, turning 18 soon and she asked me and our other friend to be like, oh, can you guys take me out like for my birthday? And we're like, absolutely. So we're going out for dinner and then we're going to go um, out for drinks and then we're going to go dancing. But I'm driving because and honestly, this is huge because me like six months ago would be like, nah, like I'll do anything to like be able to have a massive night. But um, I think I'm just so aware of my limits now and I don't want to be like in the places I was again, like I I just have zero control and I hate that. I feel like we're on the same journey with that because I, what did I do? I stopped drinking for like two months and now it doesn't even phase me to, I know one of my friends, he had like a big party um, and it was like a massive one, like a, what do you call it? Like a bush doof. Um, And I just didn't really feel the need to get like wasted which is a huge thing because I love a bevy and like love a night out but I would say okay so I went out with um my youth leaders and we went clubbing so fun it's just so different because there actually isn't that pressure to get drunk to have fun it was just literally pure fun like shaking some ass like I loved it so much and so honestly if you like want to stop getting drunk like (laughs) I would recommend it it's so much better and you get to be that reliable friend who can drive people home you can also be so selfish and leave whenever the heck you want like I love that if I'm tired I'm going to bed see you later you can pay 50 bucks for an uber exactly and I think honestly I look at all the nights I was saying this to my friend yesterday I look at all the nights I've been out the nights I've had the most fun was when I was sober or when I had one drink like because I actually remember it and I actually was making decisions and having fun. Like me and my friends once on a Friday night went to um, the Vicar and all of us drove and had no drinks and we like still danced all night until close. Like, but I wasn't being stupid and I wasn't like constantly thinking, oh my gosh, I need to get another drink. I need to drink some more. I need to like make sure I like get with a guy, like all this stuff. I just, oh, it's just so much better. I'm just so glad I'm finally out of that mindset. Yeah. Like don't get me wrong. Being drunk is fun. I'm not going to lie. Like, that's why it's a bad thing. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, being drunk is super fun. Being an absolute mess with your friends is fun. And you get all those, like, sloppy memories, whatever. But I would honestly challenge you to try and be sober for a little bit because it's just a different type of fun. It's like a no-pressure fun, no-strings-attached kind of fun. It's just, oh, it's so much better. And I love it so much more to be honest, like obviously it's fun to get tipsy or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. Once I've experienced it, I don't think obviously there'll be some big nights, but you know, I just think I don't need to do it every weekend. No, exactly. Like even when I think about like future events, like for example, like your birthday, right? Like I was thinking, oh, that could be a big night, but actually I'm thinking now I'm like, I would so much rather be there and be present and like, remember it (laughs) and actually have fun than like, 
get a bit sloppy just because I can. Um, but yeah, definitely like being drunk is very fun in the moment for sure. For that one moment that like you do feel great. I think, okay, this is the thing with drinking. I think we all drink to get to that point that's a bit after tipsy. And then we get to that point and we're like, oh my gosh, this is the best feeling ever. I need to keep drinking to stay here. But then that's when you fall into like blackout. Yeah. And I also think it's the no consequences thing attached to it. Because I'm like, oh, whatever. I was drunk. Like, it doesn't matter that I was stupid or I did this. But yeah, I don't know. For my 21st, if anyone's coming and you're on the list, no one is allowed to get drunk before the cake. Because that's when all the nice photos are. After the cake, pop off queen. Do whatever you want. I find it so funny when I look at like my friend's photos that they post and they have like the drunk eyes. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, she's had a few. <laughs> and you think you look so good. Like you post those photos and you're like, oh, I look great. The next morning you're like, why did I post that? I look like a goner. Literally, that's the thing. Anxiety, another reason not to. Anyway, drinking can be really fun, can be great, but also can be so dangerous and can put you in really dangerous situations. Like we said, like there's no consequences. So sometimes you're like, make so sometimes you're like making new friends and meeting new people and they like invite you like to go places with them. That can be really dangerous. Just be safe. Yes. Anyway, I'm going to move on because I feel like we are just giving you lots of life advice, but okay. Another life or death experience for me. I thought it was death. Obviously none of this is death. Like take it with a huge grain of salt, maybe a whole bucket of salt, but first period, it's so memorable. It was Valentine's day, the day of red. I was in year six. Like I'm never going to forget it, but I didn't really get the period talk. So my sister's 11 years older. She's already out of the like country, out of the house. She's doing her own thing. Mum, just doing her own thing. Anyway, so I go to the bathroom. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm feeling ill. Like had a couple poos, like, you know, the period shits. Like it was just a thing. And then I like put my pants down and I was like, what the hell is in my pants? <laughs> um, and I was like, absolutely not. I'm not dealing with this. And I feel like that's the kind of person I am today. I see the mess. I'm like, not dealing with that. Anyway, um, not dealing with that. I go home. I like call mom. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. And she goes, you're going to have to like clean yourself up. So <laughs> I get the kitchen gloves that you do the dishes with. I strap them on. I put another pair of gloves underneath that. I like get a, like a little washer out. And I'm just like, it's like I'm doing surgery. Like it was such a big deal to me. And I handled that so poorly but I thought I was gonna like bleed out no that's the thing because I was the same I didn't get the period talk because my mom hates gross stuff like she hates farting burping periods sex anything like that she hates talking about it it's a huge taboo um so I never got the talk so when I got it I thought I was just like pooing myself and then I was like oh no that's so embarrassing so I just chucked my pajamas like in the like washing machine and then she went through and saw it and was like Phoebe, like, you started your period. And I was like, no, I haven't. Like, I was so defensive. Um, But it's such a core memory. I feel like we all have it. Were you a late bloomer or when did you get your period? I think I was normal. I got mine at the end of year seven. That's actually quite late. Lots of people get it like year four, five, six, seven, but the end. I know some people who didn't get it till year nine. Yeah, I know. I think I think year six, seven, eight are pretty normal. Mum, my, my friend got hers in year four, and I didn't even know until I got mine because she just never brought it up. But also, I didn't even know what it was at that point. Um, but that's but her mum was like a ballerina, and she didn't get hers until she was sixteen or something. Yeah. 
living the absolute dream, not having a period till 16. But yeah, I feel so bad for people who's so early. Like in year four, I'm just out here trying to play 44 homes, not change a tampon. Honestly, it would have been so confusing. Also, I was so uneducated. So when I got my period, I literally thought like I was going to bleed forever. Like I was like, I'm never going to see yellow wee again. <laughs> like that lady in the Bible who bled for like 40 days or something. Literally, it's a traumatic experience. People just educate your kids on periods before they get them is my big takeaway. And if you have boys, like make it normal. I remember um, in, where was it? It was like year eight Japanese. And one of this, like one of the girls stood up and had like bled through um her sports shorts so like our sports shorts were like a dark navy so you could visibly see that like something happened and like all the girls were like oh like do you need a pad like do you need spare shorts and then one of the boys was like ew you bled through your pants that's so gross and I was like oh my gosh that is my worst nightmare honestly like if you're a boy mom or if you're gonna be a boy mom educating your sons on what a period is as well is so valuable because they're eventually gonna have a girlfriend or like sister later on or whatever it's so good for them to know what women are actually going through because i think a lot of men don't a lot of men do but a lot don't what about are you tampons or pads or those cup things i think it depends tampons i don't love even though i think it's a bit cleaner but i'd say most of the time like liners or pads i am a pad gal but i would never try the cup thing so one of my friends uses the cup and obviously changed it at my house, but then like washed it in my sink. And I'm just like, ooh, absolutely ooh. So I don't really know how I feel about it. Like I brush my teeth and wash my face in that sink. So I feel like it's different if it's your own blood, but if it's someone else's in your sink, I'd be a bit ooh. But I have heard great things about the cup. But yeah, I just feel like I'd be too stressed. I feel like the pad is so safe. I worry about the spillage though of the cup. But then I think pads can get like a bit stinky. Oh, yeah. I think pads are gross as well. I think it's all a bit yucky. We're just trying our best, to be honest. My fear and also my ick is when you can smell that someone's on their period. Like I have smelt that a few times and I'm like, but then I'm so scared that when I'm on mine that someone can smell it. Literally, it is gross. But I've heard this is probably literally not true. It was probably in like a teen magazine or something. That um, apparently men are really attracted to that smell. I hate men. That's so gross. Ew. Like it's like an endorphin thing. Yuck. That's probably why they have those, um, like, where is it? In Orange and the New is the New Black, they sold their undies. And they have that in some, um, like, Asian country. It's a vending machine and you give your undies and then, like, people buy it and they smell it. people are weird man oh but also apparently like that smell is like a poo right like you never think your poo like smells but someone else is like that is awful so i think that's kind of what it's like as well yeah like i feel like your own smell you don't really notice but like other people's it's like so gross so one of our friends sent this in which is Oh my gosh, the first sentence kills me. She said, when I was younger, my dad didn't notice I was under the car. What the heck are you doing under the car? 
Don't even ask me why I was there in the first place, but he proceeded to run me over. And when he finally did notice, I was pretty much smushed, but totally fine. I think it just built character. But instead of checking to make sure I was okay, the classic Aussie daddy was, he proceeded to say, you'll be right. And just went off about his day. (laughs) What the heck? I love her so much. That is such an Emma story. Um, nuts like imagine getting run over by your father but like why are you under the car miss girl hey she said don't ask so i'm not asking any questions that is wild imagine if he was like speeding off to work she'd be kaput literally and like oh it's just terrifying like that is so like kids get everywhere and go that's why firefighters spend so much time getting kids out of washing machines and like all that kind of stuff they just go everywhere not gonna lie i've always wanted to like put myself in the tumble dryer <laughs> in like hide and seek like it would be such a good spot to hide but also classic dad response i remember i was playing um soccer with my dad and he literally broke my foot by accident and he was like no nah, you'll be right you're being so dramatic don't be a sook don't be crying to your mum." Go on the couch, foot turns blue. I'm in a boot for 10 weeks. And I was like, yep, I'll be right, dad. Do you know what's so funny? I feel like my parents were the like opposite. Like I feel like my mum was like that. Because once I was riding, me and my sister were riding our scooters. So I was like eight. Um, and my scooter hit a brick that was coming out of the path. I went flying and landed on my wrist. And I'm like screaming, crying. And my mum's like, you'll be fine. We'll go home and get some frozen peas. And my dad's like, mm, no, let's take it to the doctors. And luckily I did because it was broken, like a clean snap. And my mum was like, oh, well, like. I guess it's good we came, but it was so funny. That is the best. Have you ever had any like car things? Because that was a scooter, but a car, that's so scary. Oh my gosh. So obviously I talked about that trauma that happened to me last year. So this was around that time. So I was a bit rattled, Um, but I was driving. I think I was just driving around, but I pull up. So there's like this main road and I'm like at the intersection about to pull onto that main road, which is like four lanes across or something, something huge. I'm sitting there at the front at the red light, like just sitting at the red light. And I don't know what happened, but I think I just convinced myself that I could drive now. And so I just start driving and like turn onto this road praise literal Jesus Christ because the light was still red I had just driven through it onto a four-lane road um I don't know how I didn't get killed I don't know how there were no cars there at that time only a god thing but I genuinely could have been smushed and like or could have killed somebody else like it's so scary yeah, because it wouldn't just be one car. It'd be four lanes of cars coming at you. And the road she's talking about is so, so busy. And it's an 80-kilometer road. Like, it's not 40, 50. Oh, my gosh, that's so insane. I think I literally was just – my mind was just so switched off because, obviously, everything that was happening at the time. But, yeah, I genuinely could have – I don't It's so scary to think about. That is insane. Anyway, I put on a face mask before we started recording this podcast and now I'm all crusty. So I think it's time to end. We've had a lot of wild experiences that could have been death, but here we are thriving, living. All down to the glory of God for keeping us here after all our dumb decisions. But um, we've absolutely loved coming to you again this week. If you have any ideas of episodes or topics or content that you guys want to see, we love to hear it. If you've got any funny stories or like crazy experiences, send them through too. We love having a bit of a giggle at that. Um, Also, I think one of my fears is that I die by something stupid. Like imagine death by tripping over. What a numpty. Death by bird. Don't even plan a funeral for me. How embarrassing. Do you remember when you pushed me out of the way and that cockatoo came to swoop us? Not out of the way, sorry, in the way. You pushed me towards the swooping bird. 
They are freaking huge. And I hate birds. To be honest, I just don't like things that aren't fluffy. This massive cockatoo comes swooping at me. I was like, nah, every man for himself. I pushed Phoebe right in the way of this cockatoo's beak and you nearly died. Another near-death experience. (laughs) Thanks for joining us this week on Love on the Line, guys. We've loved being with you. We'll see you next time.